We are back. Aquarian Anarchy. We have Amaterasu Solar. She's back for another rendition. We we got some fun things planned for you. Time to get into some some deeper anarchy stuff and just kind of like spread our wings a little bit in that space. So we are ready to go. Hope you are. Let's get it. Our quote for tonight comes from Benjamin Tucker. It has never been the ten. It has ever. I apologize. It has ever been the tendency of power to add to itself, to enlarge its sphere, to encroach beyond the limits set for it, and where the habit of resisting such encroachment is not fostered, and the individual is not taught to be jealous of his rights, individuality gradually disappears, and the government or state becomes the all in all. It just seems like every time you put one of these quotes up, Marcus, um, it's telling us exactly what's going on right now um, in in uh, in real time. And we have another one of our good anarchist friends here to join us uh, tonight. Marcus, why don't you uh, why don't you bring everybody up to speed with uh, what you and Amy have been talking about and and how uh, how this this second appearance has come about? Sure. Um, well, first of all, uh, Amy and I have known each other now for several years because uh, we met on Float and had a positive conversation just so that people that haven't seen the first rendition of her of her visiting us, this is the sequel. Um, but uh, more or less, we became friends on Float and began talking. And eventually she was like, hey, I kind of like come on your show and talk. And I was like, all right, come on. We'll mm-hmm. bring you on. We need a, another good anarchist voice to to talk with us. She, um, she has a lot of ideas and a lot of videos about those ideas. And she's been writing, uh, more recently a lot more, but, um, she, she's really grounded in ethical understanding of, uh, how to do this, how to be an anarchist. And, um, and I find that a, a really, uh, inspiring and refreshing, uh, change from, from some of our anarchist brood who, uh, who aren't, <laughs> aren't as, uh, understanding and frankly mm. as friendly. Um, but, um, basically we have been doing a lot of interviewing of more newer anarchist people that are mm-hmm. kind of coming to this, particularly uh, with Jeff uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so yeah, I thought it would be a good idea to uh, bring her back and kind of talk about where we're at with anarchy and what the development of that is from somebody who's been in the, the freedom movement, if you will, Mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and she's also got a lot of really good um, introductory material too, for those that are interested in learning about, uh, about anarchy and ethics and, and those kinds of things. So that's kind of where I was at with it. And I also thought it would be a good idea to let her kind of talk about what she's doing new because it has been some time. Yeah. Well, Amy, Welcome well, back. Let's thank go. You. Thank you so much. Welcome, Nico. Um, there he is. Hello. Um, I don't know that there's anything new per se that I've been doing, but I have been, you know, working very hard to 
raise awareness that we mm. don't have to consent to the system that's in place around us. We don't have to, yeah. we, we can say, I don't consent. Mm -hmm. And we can deal with that system under duress only. Mm. That may be something I hadn't mentioned mm -hmm. uh, in the first round. But continue to do what you're doing, but make it clear that any time you deal with that system, it's under duress. Tell, tell us tell us about how that um, how how you like on a day to day basis. What what's a, an example of how that kind of manifests itself, and where you have maybe an opportunity to express that, and then maybe what your experience has been with like how that's received, and whether you get like some weird looks, or you get some people who are like, well, maybe you feel like a light bulb's going off for them, you know? <laughs> well. I don't know that there's a whole lot of opportunity in my life because I don't deal with the system as a rule. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I also have done something in the system that I don't consent to. And I did it under duress. I want to establish that. Mm -hmm. uh, I have corrected my status from debtor to creditor. Mm. And it was a gift from a friend who knows that I have absolutely nothing, but he does that for a living. And so what the system has jurisdiction over is the all caps name, which mm -hmm. is a trust mm -hmm. at this point. And I am the living, breathing human being that they don't have jurisdiction over. Right, for sure. You know, with the exception, the exception always is if you break the three laws of ethics. If you go, go there, again. anybody has the right to hold you down and arrest you and try you and give you an ethical consequence for your behavior. But as far as uh, anything else, they don't have any jurisdiction over me. Absolutely. I don't. I don't register vehicles. I don't get driver's licenses. And I've mm. had some talks with the police. Uh, at this point, they just leave me alone. But they've always let me go. <laughs> Despite mm. being wiggity-wig at times. They haven't impounded vehicles and hauled me off or nothing. You know, it's just like, okay, well. Actually, a couple of times they wrote me tickets, which I have a, um, I think it may only be on, um, uh, on Hive, where I, usually most of my stuff is on Odyssey, but mm -hmm. before Odyssey started doing articles as well, I was posting things on Hive, and, uh, it's called Walking the Walk, which is, uh, which I tell about the first time I was stopped. And, you know, when I write to the court, I say, you know, everything I do is under duress. You have, you have commanded a trust to a, a non-corporeal entity to, uh, mm show up in your court and you know i'd say that's that's absurd but 
-hmm. physically impossible. You can consider the non-corporeal entity present (laughs) an equal absurdity. Have fun with that. And I don't hear anything back. I have not been arrested. They don't mess with Mm. me. Uh, So, you know, I do recommend that people see what they can do about changing their status. And the nice thing about my friend is a lot of places will make up the paperwork, send it back to you, and you get to try to figure out who to send it, how to send it, and the whole nine yards. Well, my friend takes the paperwork, files it for you, you know, does virtually all of the work. There may Mm. be like one thing that you have to mail off yourself. But other than that, you know... (laughs) And uh, I'd give a site, but unfortunately, the person who was in charge of the site kind of vanished on him. And um, he, and then the site went down, and it's like, oh, great, now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I, I've a long time just said, just say no. And I think another person that's really good at doing that is Dan Berman. Dan Taxation is Theft Berman. He's mm-hmm. good at just saying, fuck you and your laws. I'm not going to follow them. And, mm-hmm. and yep. same deal. And I, I'm not as good as uh, either of you, but I do do what I can to not participate. And um, I'm not quite to the level that you're at yet, but I endeavor to get there. (laughs) All you have to do is say, can you prove that I am subject? Mm -hmm. And I I understand that. And the one (laughs) problem that I run into is when you do a lot of those kinds of things, they do things to stop you from being employable. And Mm -hmm. I'm Uh, not, yeah. And so for me, I need to, I still need my day job. Now, if you want to solve that problem for me, people, go to the Patreon and buy dogs. <laughs> yes. While we're on the subject. Yes, right. exactly. That's right. But, <clears throat> but, but largely, that's, it's all financial is the reason that I've not done that. I do not participate as often as I can. Um, but sometimes you have to play the game. And, and I think the key is to play the game as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And and under duress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use money under duress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I agree. Everything money for me is under duress because I know that we don't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that we can eliminate money from trade and barter on mm-hmm. up to electronic bits. I know we can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So I I cannot participate in money without being under duress. Sure. Well, I can't, I can't tell you enough, like how much like of like a tremendous respect I have for the, cause I, I know that it does, it comes at a cost to, to do things where, cause it, it you know, the, the system for, for whatever you want to call it um, has, has its illusory benefits. I'll call them that. Um, because the, there's, it's like this. Um, well, yeah. Well, you get to you get to be a slave, but look at this awesome plantation you get to live on, and <laughs> yeah. um, yes. you know you're still you're you're still not free to go, and you're still you know subject to a lot of this stuff. And I, I will say that one of the things that's been that's like the most challenging, especially if you wake up to this 
this notion and this understanding of your own sovereignty, your own autonomy, and the fact that you've been sold a bill of goods all the way from kindergarten up to, you know, adulthood until you wake up and realize that it's all BS is that when you get yourself entrenched in the lifestyle that, that, that living under that system provides extracting yourself from that comes at the cost of having to, to give all that stuff up or a lot of it, most of it, whatever. And a lot of folks are, you know, myself included to a large degree, aren't willing to make those sacrifices. It's a a huge challenge because you, you know, you're, you you got kids and school and, uh, or, or, you know, whatever, or, you know, like Marcus was saying job or where you live. And it's like, all right, well, where do I, where do I go if I'm not going to do this? That's where correcting your status can help you. Mm. Because once you have corrected your status, then you are trustee for the trust that's the all cap name. Mm. And it gives you an awful lot more freedom. Mm. I will say that I do have an advantage being elderly and on a pittance of social security. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even half a studio apartment. Right. Okay. <laughs> That'll give you a clue. Yeah. So yeah. at any rate, um, that's an advantage to me because there's really nothing I have to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to worry about anybody putting the word out saying, don't hire her. I mean, I've already mm-hmm. been through that. I spent 10 over 10 years applying for jobs, even though I wasn't really sure I could do them because I, you know, I was starting to get to the point where doing work was slower than the employer was wanting to see from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the arthritis and all that. and uh, But they denied me the disability, telling me I was faking it. Mm. Let me tell you, I, that set me to fury. But For sure. Uh, they, um, oh, gee, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> you were talking about us yeah, old people, you know. Um, the, uh, you know, I'm sitting here with very little and in Mm -hmm. fact, you know, I'm, I'm technically homeless and I am blessed with a friend who lets me crash on the floor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, but yeah, I, they, they can't take a whole lot from me. Well, but they, they. The social security, the fact the fact that you're still getting that, like how how were you able to to pull oh it? well don't incriminate it, yourself they, or anything like that. No, but the, you know. they 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 owe the trust. Ah. I just corrected my status. The trust is the recipient. Okay. Of mm. the social security, gotcha. and the trust pays me for my trustee services. Mm. What little it can. Yeah, <laughs> right. Got you. Okay, that makes more sense now. So right. yeah, you know, it's it's the trust that that mm. gets all the money, uh, not me personally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, like I said. Right, and and the thing is, I mean, these are just the the tip of the iceberg to the traps that they use to to get you ensnared, you oh, know, yeah. and you know, 
it's and it continues to get worse every it seems like every year they come up with new ways to control your actions to make it to where you have to do this or that you know um i'm sure sure that they are looking at digitizing everything which mm -hmm. will make a lot of things very difficult for people that don't you know because believe it or not in this world there are people who don't uh, get on the internet. I know that people are like, ooh, uh, at work the other day, uh, my coworkers were talking about that, you know, that their grandma or whatever doesn't ever get on the internet, but she's got to get on the internet once a year to file her taxes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, yeah. that sort of thing is uh, continuing to get more and more. And, and uh, I think True. one of the sources that we're going to see more of that is as we see the further rise of the World Economic Forum and those group of people taking more of a control. Would you? Um, so I guess that that brings us. Uh, first of all, Nico, do you have anything you want to? Yeah, um, no, I was going to ask um, before we switch topics. So, sure. um, what's the definition of uh, the name where it's all capital letters on your letter or on your mail? opposed to like it not being capitalized all the way is okay, there a difference if, between if, that? yeah if it's capitalized it is not me it is the trust mm. and as trustee i can open the mail and all that mm. uh but um it oh, what how do i say this <laughs> um It winds up that they can only go after the trust. They can only put the trust in prison. Mm. They can't touch me unless, of course, like I said, if I break the three laws of ethics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, anybody. And, yeah. So, hit, that, hit that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, again, um, you know, you covered this the last time with us, but for those that haven't, because it's been about a year and a half, yeah, can you line out the, yeah, can you line out what those three rules, what those three oh, laws, what the three laws are? are? Okay. Yes. First and foremost, I want to make sure that everybody grasps that these are natural law expressed as the three things not to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, and we know it's natural law because if you ask anyone if it's okay to do these things to them, they will say no. Right. <laughs> you know, to say yes would be giving consent, and it leaves the question unanswered. Anyway, the three laws of ethics are do not willfully and without fully informed consent take, uh, hurt or kill the flesh of another sentient sapient being human mostly on our planet uh do not willfully and without fully informed consent take or damage anything that does not belong to you alone and three do not willfully and without do not willfully defraud another which can only happen without fully informed consent right right, right. okay so don't hurt or kill don't take or damage, don't defraud. Mm -hmm. Those That's natural law framed as the things not to do. Perfect. And that, that fully informed consent is the is the key because that's, yes. and, we, and as we've witnessed over the last couple of years, uh, fully informed consent is uh, just kind of like out the window. 
Um, well, they have they have done everything they can to shield yes. uh, in, informed uh, you know people from being informed and to um, to to just end run around any kind of consent. Well, by that, that's the things. reason I don't consent to the legal mm -hmm. system because it thwarts ethics far mm -hmm. more than it serves them. Right. You know, right. if the legal system was held to ethical standards, which ethical ground is higher than legal mm -hmm. ground. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I stand on legal, on, on ethical ground. And, uh, you know, if they, I mean, the, the whole legal system just is, leaves me aghast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I, I think this is a good, it, Marcus, if you, if you don't mind, if you and Nico don't mind, I, sure. I, I want to kind of take us in a, in a little direction real quick. Um, this is so. This is one of our good friends, Jeff Charles, who we we talked about a minute here. Um, Jeff is a, uh, I don't know. I guess the way I would describe him is up until about I don't know six months to a year or two ago, um, when uh, when he started to. I'm not going to claim full credit for us, but a lot of the credit uh, goes to uh, this this show, this podcast, and these three gentlemen with me um, here. But. Um, or these two gentlemen with me, uh, Marcus and Nico. But Jeff was a conservative um, with some liberty kind of leanings and um, kind of, you know, wrote for a lot of, you know, conservative blogs, websites, and those sorts of things. Well, Jeff has turned a, a corner completely, and he's writing a completely different uh, type of content now and starting to, now that he's got, he already had a big platform, now that platform is being exposed to these ideas in a way that, Jeff is really good at like making this stuff palatable to people who previously would have been very much willing to go along with the, uh, the GOP, maybe not necessarily the, the, the McCarthy Mitch McConnell type GOP, but at least the, the, um, the people who like to say that the, the Republicans, they don't like our rhinos. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so Jeff wrote this piece in response to, so I don't know if you're familiar with who Matt Walsh is and some of the things that he says. He's another very prominent, I think he's a Daily Wire uh, YouTuber um, who does a lot of conservative content. And he is, yes. Yeah. So that's <laughs> so that's where I am. So, so here's the article. Okay. I'm going to bring it up on the screen here now. Jeff Charles writes, uh, yesterday at 3.15 p.m., he says, Matt Walsh goes full authoritarian, suggests the U.S. should be more like Singapore. So... Here we go because I want to give you a little because this is this is uh this is where this is where the the next wave of uh of of anarchists is, is coming from is people who are like starting to see this like whoa 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 hang on let's take a step back and let's not let people get away with saying this kind of stuff without putting it under the proper scrutiny. So Jeff says, uh, in case you needed any other reason why conservatism is losing, look no further than some recent tweets posted by the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh. On Monday, he advocated for the U.S. to adopt draconian laws to punish drug dealers and petty thieves. The podcaster took to Twitter to suggest the United States should emulate Singapore in how it deals with drug dealers and petty thieves. He wrote, Singapore is able to have nice things in part because they execute drug dealers by hanging and arrest even petty vandals and thieves and beat them with a cane until they bleed. We don't have nice things because we aren't willing to do what is required to maintain them. Now, that would sound bad enough on its own, but uh, it gets worse. Okay. Then he affirmed 
that he is definitely calling on the United States to pass similar laws to punish criminals. And this is what he said immediately following that after some of the comments were saying like, you, you know, clearly you don't, you know, expect the U S to enact this stuff. He says, there are some accusing me of advocating similar laws in this country. And I just want to clarify and say, yes, absolutely. I want these laws in this country. So Mm -hmm. this is one of your conservative leaders uh, saying this, but then this is one of our good friends, Jeff Charles responding to it. Naturally, Walsh's comments received a firestorm of criticism with many pointing out that he violated or that it violated the eighth amendment's prohibition on cruel and unusual punishment and Black Guns Matter and Second Amendment advocate and another friend of this show, Maj Touré, um, argued against beating and killing people for selling a substance that people willingly choose to put in their bodies. Um, he says, imagine advocating for the beating of people who sell a product that other people want. Then imagine not understanding bodily autonomy and its relation to freedom, even for things we disagree with. Then imagine doing both and pretending to understand freedom. Because that's what... <laughs> That's the crazy thing is like some of this stuff, these people claim to be like all about, you know, I'm proud to be an American, all this kind of, you know, like they, yep. they, they want to wave the flag and do the, you know, the, the Pledge of Allegiance and sing the national anthem and all this stuff. And meanwhile, they want to cane people for uh, for stuff that they anyway. So smoking then, weed. Right. So then Shane Hazel, who ran for Georgia governor as a libertarian in last year's elections, noted that Singapore imposes other legislation that restricts liberty. Uh, Singapore is an open air cage. Shane says you can, you can't say whatever you want. You can't have guns. You can't protest zero privacy, loads of taxes, conscription, conscription. I'm sorry. And, uh, and then he says, but prostitution is commonplace, but sure. Let's be like Singapore. Cause this is the kind of stuff that Matt Walsh was claim would, would just, you know, the yeah. bad things he doesn't like would go away. If you just beat people, and there's still stuff that he wouldn't like there in spite of all this stuff. And also you lose all these freedoms while trying to make it to where things you don't like don't exist. Um, and then even leftist YouTuber Christo Ivalis noted that other countries have similar environment without resorting to brutal punishment methods. How do you explain Scandinavian countries having many of these things with far more humane systems of correction? And lower rates of recidivism than the U.S. And I'm not saying I'm not necessarily advocating for some of the Scandinavian, you know, uh, socialist type stuff or anything like that. And some of the way that they handle things either. But it's certainly less severe and uh, draconian than um, than Singapore. So then Jeff says, before I continue, I will acknowledge that Walt does not represent all conservatives in these views. Nevertheless, a quick glance at the comments on his tweet shows that plenty in the gu- plenty in the movement agree with his stance. To put it simply, Walsh is wrong. This is an anti-liberty and pro-tyranny stance. The notion that someone would be executed for selling a product that people choose to ingest is the type of authoritarianism many of us condemn when it comes from the left. Amid the COVID-19 pandemic, progressives applauded government efforts to force people to take the vaccine. What Walsh is proposing isn't much different. If someone wants to do drugs, the state should not possess the authority to stop them. There is no valid reason to send men with guns and badges to arrest people and throw them in cages over an activity which people choose to partake, especially when they are not violating someone else's rights. Again, back to the the you know the three natural laws yep. uh, of ethics. Moreover, caning a petty thief is yet another example of cruel and unusual punishment. Stealing is a violation of someone else's rights, but this treatment does not fit the severity of the crime. 
One only need look up videos of these beatings to understand the level of brutality involved. The idea that the state should be empowered to mete out such abuse is anathema to those who truly favor limited government. Walsh is not only is not the only one to promote such views. Former President Donald Trump has been rather fond of calling for the death penalty for drug dealers. From where I sit, these are symptoms of a distinctly status authoritarian movement rising up in the conservative movement. These are important leaders in the movement who have tremendous level of influence. And the fact that they would rather the U.S. be more like Singapore should be a stark warning to those on the right who prefer liberty to authoritarianism. So I just wanted to uh, take the opportunity while we're on the on the subject of that stuff because it seemed like it dovetailed very well with that that uh, article that Jeff wrote uh, yesterday because that's kind of where we are, right? It's like we have oh we yeah have, we do have some people who are starting to come to their senses about this stuff that this this stuff is wrong. But then you have you have some people who I thought the last couple of years would have been a real big warning bell that like hey this is the problem when you empower the state this much this is the kind of stuff they can pull off. And here they come, ready to empower the state to uh, to beat their yeah. enemies. Well, you got to take in perception where it's like a lot of people are so okay being told what to do. Mm. And like, they never really had their own thought process on how they would like to move forward. And like, they're always so okay with, oh, we're going to college. Oh, well, got to sit in college. Or, oh, I got to go to work. And they're just so okay with following in line. Mm-hmm. structures and if they don't have those structures sometimes they might go a little crazy yeah very true so are you I, i'm curious what's your reaction to hearing uh, about more people coming our direction have you witnessed that as well and where do you think we stand at convincing others to kind of move in our direction well I have definitely seen more openness to the ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, sometimes I just feel so defeated and other times I don't. And mm. it's it's hard to say, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes feel all I'm getting is lip service. Mm. But then again, maybe not. I I keep hoping, mm-hmm. you know, well, I just keep letting people know, no, we don't have to consent to this. No, we mm-hmm. don't have to do it if we don't want to, unless right. it's not, not doing three things. Right. And, <laughs> and, and I think for me, I think that, um, that, I'm actually quite hopeful because I agree with you that sometimes people, when the rubber meets the road, um, and we talked about it to an extent, uh, using me as an example, when the rubber meets the road, there are things I'm not prepared to do right now because I would wind up homeless. I have a little girl that's 12 years old and I don't want to see her, you know, homeless. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so there are some, some limitations, But I I also, with that, think that Rothbard was right and that when the majority of people, and the majority means 51%, Mm -hmm. when when the majority of people um, realize that the state is nothing more than a criminal gang, then it will fade away. And just to paraphrase Rothbard, I think he's right about that. And do you think that we are farther down the road towards a a truly free free state of being? Or um, do you think that we are further from that state of being than we were uh, the last time we spoke? 
I'm going to say actually about the same, only because the key, the, the, the true key to freedom is to get rid of that which holds us to mm. their leash. Mm-hmm. And you, good point. you've explained it. You know, I don't want to do that because if I do my, I'll lose the money. Sure. And that is their leash on mm. their slaves. No, absolutely. It yep. Is the money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I said, we can get rid of it. And I wish I had the wherewithal to build what I did the video about called Electrogravitics, Gravity Control and Energy from the Ether. Mm-hmm. Wherein, wherein, you know, I explain how I know about this technology and how it works. Uh, you know, how I know about the technology is that my father worked with a gentleman called T. Townsend Brown. And if I don't know, the with the with the castrated web these days, you may or may not find it if you do a search for T. Townsend Brown. Haven't tried to see if that happens or not. But uh, he was working on electrogravitics. He discovered uh, that when you had a, a an anode and a cathode with a high K, well, with a dielectric between and ran voltage through it, mm-hmm. uh, when it was sitting on a scale, it seemed to lose weight when the positive plate was pointing upward and mm. gain weight when the positive plate was pointing downward. And uh, they, they were doing all kinds of experiments. They made the negative plate small, the positive plate big, put a high K nonlinear dielectric in the middle and discovered that they could get more energy out than they were putting in to run the voltage. Hmm. Okay, so (laughs) there we go. That's your free energy. And people say, well, there's no such thing as free energy because, you know, conservation and all of that. Well, what they don't understand is that the entire universe is held together by a electrogravitomagnetic field mm. that feeds it energy. Sure. And we can have access to that energy. That's the ether. Yeah. That and, field. And I think that people lose sight that that money is not like this thing to be possessed. It isn't uh, money isn't, you know, yes, we we function with money because we have been in this state system. This is why I won't argue with anarcho-communists. I, I, I think that that we don't know what our society or the economics of our society look, looks like when you eliminate the state because of things like what you're talking about, being able to create energy from, in essence, nothing. But mm-hmm. being able to do that solves so many, so many uh, problems. And we don't, but at this time, <clears throat> the state runs roughshod over us and takes any advantage that they can and monetizes it. It's why, you know, um, the, the Rockefellers and the, 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 the like um, 
got wanted to get a monopoly on all of these kinds of industries and so that they could you know make a profit off of it themselves whereas if um if we were just having free energy all around us and we had access to it then we wouldn't worry like for instance my car payment or my car bill to get me to work would go away i might still go to work because i enjoy my job but it wouldn't be because i need the money to pay for my grocery right. and and things like that and people want to argue based in a system we're currently in and yes. you, and we do not know what that system looks like maybe just maybe communism as an anarcho communist would see it would work inside mm -hmm. of a non-governmental system we just are not there and um what i would argue which i think ag agrees with what you're saying amy is that um that we need to start breaking ourselves as much as possible from that system so that we can begin to find out what that and what we can obtain with those kinds well, of things i will say this much um you spoke of, uh, you know, wanting to go to work because you love what you do. And that is basically the foundation of what I have. You know, right now, 80% at least of the jobs that are out there in, you know, overall. <laughs> are not stuff move, people they, want to do. They, well, most jobs people don't want to do, seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but the jobs themselves, overall, just move wealth upward. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, sure. yeah, okay, they perform some functions for the store. You know, if you're a cashier, okay. You know, yeah, you're helping the store owner, but then they pay taxes or, you know... Mm -hmm. uh, buy something that they pay taxes on or, you know, whatever. The money overall goes upwards. And that includes not just cashiers, but uh, accounting, uh, advertising, marketing, uh, casinos. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know? Um... Well, it's all games. And, of course, banking. I mean, we can't forget banking. <laughs> and there's a few others. But the point is that if money went away, no one would have to do those jobs. So we have 80% of us not doing anything. And of the necessary jobs, the infrastructure, the food production, and all of that, a lot of the, that kind of work, there are people who love to do it. But if there's not enough people to, that love to do it, we can fill in with robots. And I can tell you for sure, there's a whole lot of people who love to create robots. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're not going to go, oh, gosh, there's just nobody that wants to do it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the currency, when that happens... Uh, is no longer in that tangible, you know, uh, token form. 
Mm -hmm. uh, it becomes social currency. Sure. You know, if you do something because you love to do it, and somebody comes along and says, oh, man, that work is awesome. Right. You have been paid in praise. For sure. Yeah, you because know? people don't understand that that um, that currency or, or for that matter, capital isn't necessarily money. It isn't, you know, capital can be a lot it of things. Yeah. It's a, well, thought, it's a thought process that we attach to the dollar. To what for makes sure. us perceive it to be so important, which it really isn't. It's just your energetic currency that you give it to call it currency. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Money money equals power equals energy. Absolutely. And and you know, lots of people will say, well, but what you're talking about is impossible. We can't do that or blah, 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 blah. And I would point to Voltaire who said people that, you know, that one of the nasty things about humanity is that they throw stones at, at the people walking off the path and, mm -hmm. and want you to stay on that beaten path that they've been constantly doing. It is through ideas that we evolve. Not through not through going with what we've always done. It is it True. is from coming up with new ideas. And I would also point out that my purpose in being is not 100% for sure is not to go, even though I like my job, that's not why I'm here. My, my purpose for being is not to have money, is not to, to do this job, to be a cog in the wheel for the system. My purpose in being, in my opinion, is twofold. Uh, physically, my purpose in being is to spread love to my friend, my friends and my family. And spiritually, my purpose in being is to give um, love and desire for unity to God. And those are my purposes. The uh, the the rat race that is uh, earning money is what I have to do in my life based on where I'm at right now in order to make the, the, myself be able to do those two things I just talked about. And that's not the end. That's part yeah. of the process. Yeah. No, I mean, we're yeah, we're like uh, in prison and we're, that's that's our license plates that we have to make. To uh, to not get to not get beaten right. and to and to have our yard time um, yep. when we're <laughs> while we're in jail. But I wanted to say this though, like uh, just kind of uh, it's not really a pushback, but it's just kind of like a maybe a taking it from a different angle. I look at um, like technological advances. Yes, there is something to be said for breaking out, going off the beaten path, doing new things. But I think there's also something to be said for the kind of the okie doke that the system, the people who run the system, whatever have done to us, where they have caused humanity to leave behind and maybe even ridicule old traditional um, ways of doing things in order to empower the, the state and right. to empower well, powerful people because we moved out of rural areas where we grew our own food true. and did all this stuff to move into the cities to work in their factories to make stuff during the industrial revolution so the technological advances were good on the one hand but on the other hand they turned us all into you know right. um, workers well, the, the advantage of getting another advantage I should say mm -hmm. of getting rid of money has much to do with the fact that uh, 
people can live the way they want to. You know, you may be sitting there, you know, figuring out the debits and the credits in the accounting mm -hmm. <laughs> spreadsheet, yeah. thinking about living on a farm, raising critters, mm -hmm. feeding people with what you produce. You may be imagining that. And you get rid of money, and that becomes an option for you. And so the technophiles can go off and have all their wonderful technology, but no one's forced to have the technology. Right. Mm -hmm. And the people who want to be live like the Amish are welcome to live like the Amish, as <laughs> long as they're not doing anything unethical. Mm -hmm. Have at it. You know, if people are racist, I love that term, because uh, we're all the human race, um, but they 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 can make communities that are all the same skin color and have at it, you know, right. mm -hmm. <laughs> like whatever, you know, people with similar religions can, you know, if their religion is the same or similar enough, they can congregate people who have similar goals can do the same you know for example hey i want to make a movie how would you like to be my camera person and you right. can be my video editor and yada yada and they congregate that way whatever whatever interests you as long as it's ethical and oh i do want to make one thing clear for anybody that might ask about whether having sex with children is ethical <laughs> children cannot give fully informed consent amen thank they you very much cannot, you. and it is unethical to mess with them sexually in any way and that includes grooming in schools mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amen absolutely. absolutely so and anyway. to be clear we don't care and i literally do not give a shit if somebody's sexuality I don't care if yeah. somebody likes to screw anything that consents. I don't care. I don't care what you do. I just exactly. need to point it out. I'm, I'm with Tim Pool when he says, you know, when people mention groomers, people constantly are trying to say, well, you're anti-LGBT. And I'm like, okay, I got a lot of gay friends that would fucking be madder than hell if you <laughs> suggested that they want to touch a little kid. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I do too. Right. You know, I know a lot of gay people who are furious at the grooming. Just. Right. They, they hate it. You know, in fact, mm -hmm. there's a group. What is it? They keep getting. Oh, gays against groomers. Yeah, yeah, gays against groomers. They keep getting axed out of everywhere. Oh, right. no, we don't right. want people to be ethical. Let's get rid of you. <laughs> right. But we're but we're the ones that are anti-gay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so, so it's. um I guess that's another one of the one of the little ways. It's so much of this stuff is so like on like a psychological level where oh, like yep. whether it's, whether it's being fostering these attachments that we have to either lifestyle or um, material things um, or convenience, comfort, whatever the, whatever the case may be. And then you have something like this where it's like, okay, so you're, you're kind of put in this between this rock and a hard place where it's like, okay, look, I'm not saying that like consenting adults who want to do stuff that I wouldn't necessarily do or that I don't even, you know, 
I don't, I don't even think makes sense in in a certain sense or whatever. It's not it's not my business. Right. But then the fact that that gets lumped together with some of this other stuff, where it's like, no, but you can't like like you said, you cannot tell me that that child is capable of consenting to the stuff that that you're doing. Because if you look at it, like kids, one of the one of the biggest things that that children deal with, they are trying to learn the world. It starts with like infants and toddlers where they start off with, they try to put everything in their mouth because they just think like, well, the whole world is part of me. And so I'm just going to put like whatever I see in my mouth and I'm going to stick my hand in whatever I see. And then you, Mm -hmm. as, as kids continue to develop they're they're as they start to develop their own autonomy and their own understanding of that, they are, they are actually separate from other people and other things that they are not one in the same, but that there is a connection and trying to like walk that fine line between like, I am an autonomous person with my own identity and my own sovereignty and, and, and autonomy, but also I'm, I'm part of something bigger than myself that I, I think is beautiful if done in the, in the right light yeah. as P, as kids are going through that process, it's very easy for them to, look for approval from adults because they don't know and they want to know like, Hey, um, is this, is this okay? Is this normal? And I I watched this Mm -hmm. video. This girl was talking about how this, uh, this kid was talking about how, um, or these little kids they are like three or four years old. They're like, they could be a boy or it could be a girl. And the other one's like, or they could be non-binary. And then they're applauding the kid for saying it as though the kid came up with this themselves. Like, no, yeah. the kid got all this stuff because that's what the parents <laughs> what or somebody else with. been. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's what they were told was the. And so then it just gets really, it starts to get really creepy when like there's that much of an emphasis on pressing that stuff onto children. Like I'm, I'm of the, just let the kids be kids. Let them say the stuff that they're going to say, even if you don't agree with it. Because yep. it's not your place; it's the parents' place to to you know to deal with all, all those other things, and and finding a way to that happy medium between that and also not bullying kids to make them think that they're less than human if they say some stuff that traditionally people haven't necessarily agreed with, you know, like that. Right. that there's a there's a fine line between those two things where you don't have to push every kid to think that, Oh, you want to, you want to have a, you know, a blanket over your head. You must want to be a princess. You must want to be a girl. Like, no, not necessarily. Like that yeah. kid's four. That kid, you know. he wanted to be a wagon yesterday. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's really funny because when I was, and I'm very grateful. I grew up when I did, when I was, Oh, I don't know. Four, four, five, maybe six, somewhere in that neighborhood. I told my mom I wanted to be a boy. Not because I wanted to have the junk <laughs> and have girls mm-hmm. as, no, that had not. I had it? to sit there and learn how, I guess I was about six. I had to learn how to sew while the guys were out there playing baseball and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I want to go play. Yeah. Right. And I, I had I kind of the opposite. I want to be a boy. I had the opposite thing. I didn't want to be a girl. 
I was just jealous. I, I wanted my sister to have to come out and work in the yard with us because it was the opposite. Like she got to stay in her room and read and all she had to do was clean up her room. We had to clean up our rooms and then we also had to go clean up the yard, mow the grass, oh, weed wow. the flower beds and do all that stuff. And I'm like, why didn't she have to come out here and help us? This is ridiculous. She's a girl. It's, she doesn't have to get her get her hands dirty. Like bullshit. This is ridiculous. I wow. I, I don't consent. That's right. <laughs> so I, I do think that the, because uh, Amy, often you talk about psychopaths and okay. uh, being the the rulers of the the planet, and I think that they, what's happened, and this is generally what I have because I've put a lot of thought to why they're doing all this nonsense, and I, I think they discovered that you know psychopaths and sociopaths often are created by molestation, mm. so they figure if they mm. make that the norm, then you wind up with a bunch of psychopaths and sociopaths sociopaths um across the spectrum it may not be right. you know the majority of people but a whole lot more of them mm -hmm. and uh, so i well, wonder if that may not be the the reason what do you think well that that may be part of it but you know first of all in fact that may be a large part of it when you consider that there are two types of psychopaths you have your primary psychopaths, which are genetic psychopaths, that have a gene that manifests individuals that cannot, absolutely, no matter how much you rehabilitate them and so on and so forth, no matter what you do, they cannot feel caring, compassion, love, or empathy for others. Right. They cannot feel remorse. And the majority of them, not all of them, but like 90 some odd percent, lust after power over others. That is right. their, they would rather have that than sex. And if they can get both combined, which some of them do, mm -hmm. then they're in their Jeff seventh Epstein. heaven or whatever. <laughs> whatever those mm -hmm. kinds of weirdos could have. But anyway. Well, I think sometimes um, the sex too is a power trip. In, oh in well, yeah. Cases, right. So, like, even yeah. even when it's sex, it's still power. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. It's mm. it's not it's not because they want to please the one they're with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have the secondary psychopaths, and these are the ones that are conditioned. Uh, they can be severely indoctrinated. Okay, and that is you know a lot of people in certain groups wind up being indoctrinated severely from birth with their groups, ideologies, and whatnot. Uh, it can be a desire to, and I'm going to put this in quotes, succeed, mm -hmm. <laughs> i.e. make lots of money, mm -hmm. which to me isn't success. Yeah, Success is counted in the people who respect you. Who, who pay respect, who pay admiration, who pay, you know, lauds and stuff. That's success. But at any rate, they want success, so they've learned to turn off their caring, compassion, love, and empathy for others. And so, if the psychopaths in control can twist us enough into an indoctrinated state where we have turned off our caring, compassion, love, and empathy, then they have 
more to work with mm -hmm. and can manipulate and mold to the society even to a greater extent. So, yeah, that it may be that that's a big part of what they're doing. You know, I do know that, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to admit this. I was taken to satanic rituals. Uh-oh. Yeah, from about the age of two till the age of five. Mm. My, my mother's sister married this man, and they had kids that were, or pardon me, children. I don't like referring to human being children as kids because those are goats. <laughs> anyway... Mm. Uh, I had a cousin that was like nine months older than me, and then my sister had a cousin, I, we had cousin, the second cousin in the line was about my sister's age. She was a, you know, a few months older, and uh, so what this man, and I will not call him an uncle, <clears throat> because he's not, he has never been related to me in any way. This man who married my mother's sister uh, would suggest that I come over and spend the night with my the cousin that's roughly my age, and what when the cousin that was my sister's age went over to my, you know, my house, mm -hmm. my parents' house, and then what would happen would be, you know, he come in and get me and then take me to these rituals and the last one was the one where a friend that I had developed the relationship with through going to these rituals was uh, murdered on the altar oh, no. And yeah, uh, I I had Holy blocked cow. it. From, I had blocked <clears throat> it from my memory for for many years, but until I I read somewhere that Satanists will sometimes sacrifice the children of members of the group without telling them. Hmm. And what what happened was I remember, you know, the memories just came flooding in when I when I heard that. I mean, I. The first thing I thought was the scream, mm -hmm. which was the mother realizing that it was her daughter that mm. was dead on the altar. Oh, my okay? And from there, the memory spread forward and backwards and picked up things that I did remember but never had any context for. You know, like walking down this hill in downtown San Diego with my, the man who married my mother's sister. Uh, I, I had no idea what that was attached to. But when, when all these came back, it was like, oh, my gosh. And I remember, you know, there was a pounding on the door uh, to the building we were in. We were upstairs. And the man who married my mother's sister went downstairs. Meanwhile, they're, they're saying, get the kids out of here. Get the kids. And they shoved us. But we, we had gone into this ritual with masks and gowns so nobody knew which kid was what and mm -hmm. that's how they got her onto oh, the wow. altar 
Oh my god. For the ritual. Because mm. she didn't the mother didn't know that that was her kid that was there. I mean, her child. And so when I got home, I, you know, the man who married my mother's sister brought me home and I I had been told that she was, you know, she was dead and it I, it just freaked me out. And I ran to my mother and threw my arms around her legs and said, you know, saying, she's dead, she's dead. And my mother's like, what? <laughs> and she looks up at the man who married my mother's sister. And he says, oh, she just had a bad nightmare. <sighs> and I kept saying, no, it was real. And, you know, we went back and forth. And finally, my mom said, look, just just forget. I mean, he had long gone. I kept insisting and she kept saying, no, 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 it couldn't be. So I just forget it. And so she decided that I had nightmares when I didn't sleep at home. Huh. That's crazy. And, yeah. And well, which was good because she didn't let me go back. Again. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. in the long run, that, that worked out in my favor. And I still... You know, for all of that, I am extremely ethical. I am extremely caring of my fellow human beings. Yeah, I think I think oh, that I sometimes that just real quick, I think they make a mistake in that, like from Firefly, the show with the Reavers. Um, they don't understand that when these kinds of processes don't click and don't make you a psychopath they make you the opposite which yes. seems to be what happened with you yes very much so very much so you know i i when when the memories came back i mean that was like all these stories of satanists that people were laughing i said i'm thinking i bet they're all true hmm. i know that i've got enough to, to suggest that some of them were and the interesting thing is is that this man who married my mother's sister was in the entertainment industry mm -hmm. okay so yeah yeah uh it seemed i do remember i do remember being taken to a navy ship and i don't know if you've heard all the stories about the navy and some of their satanic elements. I did have not, but oh. I know about it. <laughs> yes. Um, what's his name? Michael Aquino? Mm. Yeah, I know Michael Aquino. Okay. I don't know him personally, but I know Well, no, is. but you know who I'm talking about. For, I don't know if those... he was in the Navy, but he was in the armed forces. He was like a general or, you know, yes. one of those. For those that don't know, Michael Aquino is, if I'm not mistaken, currently the uh, leader of the Temple of Set, which is an offshoot of the Temple of yes. Satan of Anton LaVey's. Yes. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's quite a character. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, um, you know, we were talking about all this, this is kind of like, all this stuff is kind of coming back, like bundling up together to a certain degree. I kind of feel I feel like more guilty now that, that about like like what Marcus and I were talking about like 
participating in the in the system because there are these things that we feel like attached to like our ability to make money and provide for our family and those kinds of things this is it's it that's one of the things that the 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 comforts of the system so to speak appeal to is and that's there's a virtue in that like right like wanting to provide for your family you do those oh, things yeah. but but a lot of this stuff you're talking about the entertainment industry and I you've seen it a lot with Disney and mm-hmm. Nickelodeon and you know some of these big and, and yep. Hollywood Hollywood in general um it appeals to people's vanity you want your kid to be a child actor because then that raises your status it raises their status they're yep. you know, they're the one that's in the commercial then they're the one that's in that TV show they're the one that's in that movie and all that stuff they're more than willing and we saw it with all the like the me too stuff with the casting couch and everything and I'm not saying that what what the women endured wasn't inappropriate and and horrible and and everything else but there's a reason why they were susceptible to that it's because they wanted the roles they wanted their name in lights and they and the casting couch became the vehicle through which that access came and so i look at this stuff and i'm like like, man this is this is what yes exactly exactly you you appeal to the vanity um and now all of a sudden you've got you've got people who are willing and we're, we're seeing it now with um with a lot of this stuff we have a lot of these discussions in another group that I'm in about like the AI stuff. And I don't know if y'all have seen some of this stuff. This, this stuff is just absolutely wild. Uh, I'm going to show this um, real quick. So this is, they have these uh, artificial intelligence generated images for like uh, party picks or whatever mm-hmm. that they do. If you can see, uh, maybe I'll see if I can zoom in a little bit more. Look at how many fingers this girl has. Mm. Holding up this phone. Oh, shoot. Come on now. Um, look at that. She's got at least seven fingers on that one hand. <laughs> wow. And then this phone. What is this monstrosity of a phone that they have here? But what, what I'm getting at is that, so like, Marcus, I don't know if you noticed, but like we used to have this AI image that I made of like the Anarchy logo and everything. I took it down. Like I'm, I've started like looking at this stuff and I, I don't feel comfortable with it anymore. Like, I think that there's a certain element of this where it's like through the convenience of this stuff and through the, oh, look how cool this made my face look or look how cool this made this thing look that I made. And now I don't have to do this work that I would have had to do to make this art myself. I just made some fake art. It It's letting something in to us that I don't feel comfortable letting in anymore I, I, like I, i'm i'm like i'm done with it i'm not doing same thing with the chat gpt i don't know if you've guys seen that stuff people are like doing articles and they're doing you know homework assignments and and papers that where they just tell the the chat gpt they're like write me a paper about the gettysburg address yeah and then it'll just write the thing for them and it does like plagiarism uh plagiarism checks and everything so that it, there's no way you can find anything like it. It's verbatim. Right. Away from creativity. Yes, it's but away it's, from like natural human right. uh, behaviors and things of that nature. Yeah, yep. so you're you're stunting your own creativity and your own outlet for your own expression as a human being. True. And you're, you're taking yourself. you're taking this easy way out to like to to like what are you what are you gaining from this? What's the point of and I get there's some of this stuff where they're like, hey, write me a SOP for such and such. And then you can just like go through and read. Okay. Okay. Well, let me change this item three. Let me change this whenever I get the temptation. I just think that like, 
everything that I look at and I'm like, this is too good to be true. Easy it's because it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's too good to be true. And it's going to have some harsh consequences. For sure. So, Amy, where do you think we go from here? What, what, what's the next step that we should be... Uh, aside from the, you know what we talked about earlier with um, with trying to reduce the 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 impact of the state on our on our lives, where do we go? Because in, in the real world, people are dying because of the state. In the real wor world, people are being stolen from because of the state. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Where do we go? What can that we is, do? That is something I've been trying to figure out for the last let's see how many years. Mm -hmm. uh, 18 at least well actually you know i was kind of putting all this together for the 30 years huh. and uh but it was about 18 years ago that i read uh entropy by rifkin where he pointed out that all money is is stored energy credits and i went bingo free energy energy credits I know about the free energy. Now I know about the energy. Mm. And I've been trying to do that for, you know, figure out how to get us to move away for like, like I said, 18 years. And I really wish I had an answer other than to say, keep telling people we do not have to consent. Mm -hmm. Tell them every opportunity you get. <laughs> and hopefully they will start realizing that that's probably in the long run in their best interest. Mm, and agreed. again, um, I don't know whether, you know, I should give my friend's email address because he still does the work despite not having the site. What you can uh, do is, is I, I am, I would give it to people. me. I would direct, yeah, I would direct people to contact you via um, uh, a Twitter. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Twitter's and, a good one. I'll hit yeah. you up on my taxes head. <laughs> on, on what? I said, uh, I'll come and ask you uh, about everything when my taxes return hits. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't take money. I, 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 I know that seems weird coming from somebody who's has no home and no real mm -hmm. income beyond what feeds, you know. Mm -hmm. Sure. But uh, I don't take money, so I'd be happy to give you whatever I could. But he does do that for a living, and I'm not sure what his cost is to do everything for you, but. At, at one point it was fifteen hundred, but I think with the way the universe has gone, it's now two thousand dollars. But I'll tell you, in the long run, that's two thousand dollars, very, very well spent. And 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 you know, it's gonna take all of us working together like that, being able to find like I'm good at this. You're good at that. Nico's good at this. Chad's good at that. To be able to get this together. Because it, when the world does, because what I'm afraid of is we're not going to get it together. Mm. What I'm afraid of. Yeah. It, because at the end of the day, these fools do not know what they're fucking doing, people. 
you know, people want to appeal to authority and give authority all this credit for nothing. They do not know what they're doing. They're about to blow the planet up right now. Right now, we are on the brink of a nuclear confrontation. Well, there, so what I'm saying is if we don't find yeah. a replacement for what yeah. these shit clowns are doing, we're yeah. going to be in trouble. We we don't want to be pulling ourselves out of, a, you know, a nuclear holocaust to start society. Yeah. We've well, got to get you know, this done. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you after examining some evidence, which I'm not sure with the castrated web you can find anymore. Sure. But um, I have to give higher probability that uh, nuclear bombs are much the same as the, can I say it? The C virus. Oh yeah, no, I, I, the beer virus. I, I feel you. I kind of think the same thing. That it's like a, it's okay, a way to get I'm people. Okay, I'm going to give that afraid. the highest probability. Yeah. Uh, there's I, a I lot of agree. evidence that that over in Japan, there was it. The two cities looked like carpet bombing of any city. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have come out and said that's what it looked like. And uh, one person said that they took some sediment from a lake nearby. I forget whether it was Hiroshima or Nagasaki, but one of those two. uh, And discovered that there was a layer in the lake of, you know, burnt stuff, you know, ashes and whatnot Mm -hmm. from when the city burned. Mm -hmm. And two years went by and there was a layer of radioactivity. Now, I'm sorry, <laughs> if that really had been a bomb of the, the sort they say it would be. Should have been more than two years. No, it should have been Less, at the huh? same time as the burning. of. Oh, the you city. mean that it didn't hit until two years later? Yeah. Right. Oh, somebody, somebody, yeah, that's, a, that's planted, Somebody planted some radioactive stuff. Okay? Well, I mean, because hey. they wanted to have something oh look radioactivity see it's true okay building seven has entered the chat um (laughs) oh gosh that is that one no there's there's absolutely no way that fell down from Mm. office fires right But, but I buy that, and 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 it could all just be a psyop from the from the powers that be. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, they're still busy. Oh yeah, they're still busy yeah. messing with us, uh, right. building mm-hmm. fear, building panic. That's building, the part. Yeah. Uh, you know, n- not knowing what's going to happen. You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. And me, I watch all that, and I look at it as a play because there are things Mm -hmm. like do you really think that we you know if this was really a war that we would announce to the world that we're almost out of x weapon right that's exactly what they did they say oh well Mm -hmm. all these missiles or whatever we vote we don't have enough Mm -hmm. you don't announce that to the world if you're really at war you don't want your enemy to know you're weak they they routinely violate every principle in art of war by sun tzu like yes because it's all kabuki theater and i wanted to say like when you think about this from the standpoint of 
actual spiritual warfare mm. that what what's more important is what they're doing what you said about fear what they they don't care what side wins or loses they don't care what as long as people are hating each other scared of each oh, other yeah. scared oh, yeah. of the system scared of the you know as long as they can play on those emotions and feed off of those emotions then yep. they can direct you in whatever direction they want to send you to to make you do things that True. like you know and and like like the uh, voltaire quote that marcus put out uh the other day you know that if they can make you believe in absurdities they can make you commit atrocities yep. um it's it's that sort of when i'm when you think about it from like the demonic perspective you know if there's someone who has the destruction of human souls and human will as its goal then you know whether they nuke the planet or not is immaterial because you actually give some of those souls an opportunity to not uh, succumb to the fear because they're dead already, you know, right. whereas right. if you can just make them scared to death all the time, then you're, you're, you, there's a lot more, I go back to monsters Inc, you know, there's a lot more fear to feed off of to fill your little energy cartridges um, when, uh, yeah. when you're just scaring people and they're staying alive. I, I will be I will be very honest, you know, being one who was uh, raised without religion, mm -hmm. uh, lots of love, not counting the man who married my mother's sister, mm -hmm. uh, lots of love and lots of ethics. And I've studied many religions, many, many religions for many years, finding gems of truth in mountains of dogma yeah and i still have no religion so no, i just made my own out <laughs> hey that works i you know and really i keep telling people i do not care what you believe i care whether you choose your behavior ethically mm. yeah that's all i care about for sure you can yeah, believe that the moon <laughs> is going to come down and do a song and dance if that's what you want to believe and i, I promise if you take an flsd it will happen <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, but you know it, it's like i just you know in fact really i don't care if you believe that you have a right to go murdering everybody you see as long as you don't Right, you, you know, don't actively do believe it. Believe it all you want. <laughs> Your actions are what count. Mm -hmm. So, for sure, you know, I don't know about the demonic stuff. Maybe I don't rule it out, mm -hmm. but I also don't have any evidence specifically to say for sure. Mm -hmm. You know what I recall of the uh, satanic rituals there was never any demons showing up they just went through these rituals and did these things and that was the end of it i have a friend named uh, he, he wouldn't care if i gave it his name's john smith so go, go good luck finding oh yeah that's gonna be my name my name now too <laughs> right right so I have a, I have a friend whose actual name is John Smith, and he said, "You know how you can tell that because to be blunt, I have had some experiences. I have I have seen demons. They are real, but 
One of the things he's talking about, the satanic rituals, particularly you were talking about Aquino earlier and uh, LeVay's student, and particularly talking about LeVay, he said, I know that their rituals don't work. And the reason that I know that their rituals don't work is because they use Enochian, which is a a, uh, angelic language, very long story, that um, that was found by John D and Edward Kelly and the satanic church uses the calls and they change out where like every time it says like a God name, like it'll say something about God. They'll put in like Beelzebub or they'll put in, you know, Lucifer. They'll put somebody else's name in there where a name for God was. And those calls work. I know I've used them. (laughs) They do work, but the ones that have the demon names, some angel didn't show up and say, what the fuck are you thinking? Calling me Beelzebub? Because we're talking about angels. They're going to be shitty. <laughs> that somebody called them Beelzebub or called them, you know, Baal or whatever name they called them. So they're going to be mad that they were called by that name. So obviously it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Because, because I've also had enough experience with the Enochian spirits that they are not, you know, when we think of angels, we think angels are little fluttery things that float around and are always nice. Read the fucking Bible. <laughs> Read uh, any of the, the the extra biblical things such as the, the uh, Zohar or, or those sorts of things. Angels are not always nice. They can be complete and total assholes to people that are opposing God. So, <laughs> so if... They're these people are calling demons you using Enochian, then obviously it doesn't work. And that's what John had said. Because you know, I, I agree with you. It, it, it for me, God to to say that God can only touch your heart through a particular religion, this is my opinion, is saying that God has limitations. And I don't believe in a God that has limitations. I believe that that God is reaching out to every single one of us, regardless of what we call ourselves. If we call ourselves a Buddhist, whether we call ourselves a Christian, whether we call ourselves whatever, that uh, that God is reaching out to us because he wants more than anything else to have a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. And because we are part of him and he wants us in our kingdom, or in his kingdom. And so... To me, to to say that this religion is the only way is putting a limitation on God that just does not exist. You know, uh, I don't know if I mentioned my spiritual experience. You did not. I I am spiritual. I'm just not religious in any way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had an experience and uh, actually I posted it here, but I can just read it because it it's uh, easier for me if I read things. Sure. Because uh, there it is. Okay. <clears throat> One day, nearly 10 years ago, and this was written, uh, what, five years ago? So about 15 years ago. Uh, I was doing something. What? I cannot remember. Suddenly, I found myself expanding, contracting. And then I was everything, all time, all space, all dimensions, infinitely. And simultaneously, I was nothing. No time, no space, no dimension, 
no thing. I was me, you, every conscious being, all life, all matter, unaware, all ether, the whole of the multiverse. I was that point that is inside the all, everywhere, and nowhere. When I, quote, returned, unquote, if that's the right word, I had no details. I could not tell you anything about you and your life that you do not present to me here and now. I did, however, come back with the awareness that consciousness is God. Consciousness creates the now. All things are consciousness at some level of awareness. Now is the only thing that's real and that we as conscious aware beings are co-gods co-creating the now. And surely one cannot argue that now is not the culmination and aggregate of all the choices we all have made. The I end. like it. Hmm. I like it. Chad? <laughs> yeah, no, I uh I don't know. Are we? Are we? Yeah. Are we? Uh, I know yeah, we're we're gonna, close to getting close yeah, to, sure. the, to to your time and my time because I have a I have my son's basketball game to go to. Uh, uh, yeah, I apologize. Yeah. Um. But uh. But no. That it's it's always uh it's always interesting to um. And I, I guess what I, when, when you you said something about the the demons. I'm I think a lot of times we uh, we expect maybe some of the stuff to to show itself. And a lot of times what you'll see is the, the way that people are, are acting is actually like, um, I don't know, there there's an influence coming from somewhere because people will act in a way that is just, I don't know, it's it's somewhere, it's coming from somewhere else, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of this stuff is more unseen than seen. But regardless, like it's it's back to what you were saying, like this, the, the idea of having a thought versus what your behavior is. And, mm-hmm. and how ethical your behavior is. Um, that's that's kind of where I tend to, you shall know them by their fruits. That's the yes. that's the thing. And so that's yeah. that's where I kind of try to focus my attention. Nico? Uh, no, I would just like to say your description of God. And like, um, there's a movie called where everything is everything all at once. Uh, it came out in 2020. If you can like check that movie out, that became one of my favorite movies of all times because it basically depicted what you said, but uh, with an interesting storytelling. Um, so, um, yeah, if you guys give that chance and give that movie a shout out, but also, uh, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Uh, oh, thank you for having me, guys. It was a blessing. For sure. So I, I did Absolutely. most definitely stop by your uh, channel and was watching a couple of your videos. I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, <laughs> there's a lot more like hidden stuff that's plain sight that we don't really recognize. And so uh, it was pretty. Thank fun. you so much for watching. And I'm very humbly grateful that I gave you some ideas. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, but thank you. Mm. Absolutely. My pleasure. 
So as we wrap up, Amy, thank you again for joining us. I want to put a movie plug in there too. Uh, I haven't seen the one Nico's talking about, but I have seen What the Bleep Do We Know Anyway, which is Mm -hmm. a really good um, exploration into where physics and God connect. And so I suggest that. Um, but again, I really appreciate you joining us. And if anyone is looking for you, they can find your links below. Chad, do you have something to finish with? I just want to plug the movie Die Hard 2 because that's what I felt like I was uh, in this morning. When I, was, I, was on the, I was on the tarmac in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and there was like a foot of snow on the ground and they had to de-ice the plane for like an hour. I saw all the stuff out there. I'm like waiting for the terrorists to come and Bruce Willis to ride by on a snowmobile. And um, so anyway, no, I'm just joking. Uh, that's it's all good stuff. No, this is this is great. And uh, yeah, so I want to I want to ask this question. Um, we asked I asked the audience for for questions uh, way back, and now we have one. So Amaterasu, what's the reason for uh, for that name? Oh yeah, um, a friend gave me that name years ago uh he didn't even really realize that what he had going there was the uh shinto goddess of the sun and uh one the rest the solar came from the fact that uh i was trying to fill in a comment form on some website and they would not take my comment (laughs) without a last name Wow, that's and that just popped into my head, and it's been that way ever since. So, so you were almost Amaratatsu. I can't say it. You were almost Amaratatsu. I'm not Japanese, but you're like, (laughs) (laughs) but you have to be Japanese to put the T in the right place. Right. I'm sorry. I'm messing it up because I'm gonna make a joke because she could have been Amaratsu Smith, but (laughs) but I could have been. But I figured, you know, since she was a solar goddess, that solar was good. I didn't want solar because it just didn't flow quite the way I wanted. And that's how you say it in Spanish. So Yeah, Yeah. there you go. So it's Amaterasu Solar. That's right. Amy. (laughs) Amy. (laughs) You got it. Sorry. I'm a a, a hillbilly from Indiana. That's where it's at. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you very much again for for joining us. And uh, I look forward to continuing our friendship on. Unfortunately, I'm not on float like it used to be just because I don't have fucking time to keep up with all this shit. That's why that thing I was talking with Chad about might be a good idea. Yeah. Up. But um, but I appreciate you being here. And for those that have not sought you out, definitely do so. You definitely bring a good perspective and a, a rooted perspective and ethics some people may not because a lot of people i think are still i'm still trying to get over the money thing you know just to be blunt but um but i get it i'm just my brain's not there yet no i know what you mean i i yeah yeah for sure a few thousand years of indoctrination will do that to a people (laughs) (laughs) for sure for sure and and i'm with konkin we will beat this beast because we have truth on our side absolutely I appreciate you being here and hopefully sometime in the future, we'll have you back. It's been great. And uh, everybody knows what we do from here. Stay free. Peace out.